Lead Time is a weekly dose of leadership insights and interviews from Tim Allman and Jake Bessling. Lead Time is for any leader living in a busy world looking to be inspired, equipped, and empowered to lead others to their fullest potential. This is Lead Time. Happy day, listeners. Lead Time. I am Jake. This is Tim. We are friends and brothers in Christ, husbands to both one wives. And we both have three kids. A lot of similarities, bro. But look at that hair, way better than mine. But wow, we love you. We care about you. We're so happy that as leaders, you believe like we do, that eternities are changed when a leader, you and I and us, choose to grow. And we have a leader in our midst today we're going to be able to learn from. Co Kirby, Co Kirby. He's been in our midst for three years at Christ Greenfield, attends our Gilbert campus, him and Nadine and their son, Logan. And so it's an honor to have you on the show, brother. You have a wealth of experience in life, and we're going to tie that experience and that learning and where God has brought you really to our mission statement at Christ Greenfield. We uh, believe that um, we should discover, people should uh, discover their purpose, uh, develop their gifting, and deploy their calling. And we truly believe that we function like that, we staff that way, and uh, we preach that way. We know that the Holy Spirit has the power to do just that in our life. It's called the the triple D training, discover, develop, and deploy. And so we're going to use that as an outline today as we talk about Ko's story. And so, man, after hearing your life story the other day, I was impacted um, to see that it's been a journey with the Holy Spirit. And he's put you in some crazy situations to lead you to your sweet spot and calling in life to be a personal trainer. And so you you train maybe 30 to 40 people per Correct. About week. 34 people uh, a week and yeah. all different types of people. And, and I, I'm not a traditional personal trainer. I'm kind of, I kind of specialize in people that struggle a little bit with depression or wow. uh, struggle with obesity or old age or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And um, God has really put in my heart to to uh, serve those that struggle, because I've struggled. Yeah, so go back and tell a little bit of that story of, of struggle and God's faithfulness and how it led you to where you are today. Yeah, this, uh, it, it really started when I was a, a child. I mean, I grew up uh, feeling like an outcast. My, my father struggled with alcoholism. He was very violent. My brothers were put in foster homes uh, when I was eight. Mm. So I was kind of became the oldest of the family. And uh, that evolved, I mean, and you throw in a small town atmosphere, environment, and, uh, you know, kind of in, in a religion, a church that I didn't feel a part of, um, but uh, uh, went and was very, very faithful to that. And uh, so experiencing all these things, all this confusion, um, and, and, you know, a lot of trauma. And then uh, about when I was 11 or 12 years old, I started to reach out to weights and exercise and prayer. Uh, one thing in this church that, that it really did was instill the Holy Spirit. You know, all these external things were Praise going on, uh, all these uh, things in my life uh, with the trauma and the judgments of the community, whatever. Um, but in that church, I learned how to connect with the Holy Spirit and, and, and listen. And I started uh, coping, if you will, uh, with all this trauma with some weights. Yeah. And um, started really like feeling like, wow, this is almost a natural relationship, you know, with me and the weights. Uh, it, was, it was, you know, early on in my life and played sports, uh, athletics, so it helped in that area. 
What was your sport? What sport did you like the most? Um, uh, played baseball. Because of who I was, actually, uh, my family and whatnot, uh, football, I, 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 even though I've won pump, pass, and kick, are you familiar with that? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. State pump, pass, and kick tournaments. Wow, you're an athlete. Um, small town atmosphere. Uh, uh, the, the coach told me I would not be able to play, and I, I was not allowed to play football. So I became so driven and so determined to be good in baseball that I focused everything on that and, sure. and eventually played in college and whatnot with that first time around in college. So my 18, 19-year-old wild day. So I talked about the uh, trauma and stuff, but uh, the exercise is in there. And I have to give two people credit, two teachers that sure. were kind of considered not the same as everyone else in this community. Uh, Jim Baker and Dr. Ken Salas, who was the, he was the superintendent of uh, something here in Mesa for, for, for schools. So just brilliant people. But they introduced me to running and, and aerobic exercise. So, um, and that, I, I learned it was a whole different thing. I suffered from depression and anxiety and... It's teenagers, teenagers. Yeah, wow. not only that, the trauma. Uh, you know, I'm thinking, what in the world did I get dealt here? Mm. What, what, what was the hand that I've been given? And you grew up up north. Yes. Kind of on an Indian reservation. Well, right on the border of an Indian reservation, Native American reservation. You're in uh, Arizona? Yes. Yeah. Uh, in Winslow. Winslow uh, yes. Yeah, so about at that point in time, it was about a 40% uh, population of, of Native Americans and, and a whole lot of different demographics. So very, very diverse uh, community. But so I kind of hung with the people that were kind of different, you know, or were considered different anyway. So I did that, but uh, ended up, I don't know how I did it, graduating from high school and <laughs> uh, attended a couple of years of college to play baseball, not to go to school. It was, yeah. and didn't work out real well. Started drinking a lot and smoking cigarettes, believe it or not. And uh, even as an athlete. And, uh, um, uh, just spiraled, that, that spiraled. That grew. So my dad's addiction issues, if it's genetic or not, that can be argued. That's the, you know, that's a debate. But I tell you, I liked everything I touched immediately. <laughs> and uh, it became that. So, but I was still able to function. You know, that, that's one of the things that you're taught in some of these situations is you still function and kind of keep it under, under wraps, under, under, you know, quiet. And uh, do your thing. Because people don't know then that you struggle with that for maybe a long amount of time. I did. And it seems like sometimes, you know, I, I, do, I talk to people that have that addictive personality too. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think we all, a lot of us crave that. But, you know, from the weights to, to the drugs or alcohol, but then also to Jesus, you know, you could just like crave that and then go full, right. full fledged. How did you kind of wrestle through all of that? Did it get worse or better? Well, one of the things that uh, uh, I walked away from church when I was 14. Uh, I just really thought that I was trying my best and doing my best and uh, sort of my MO always, you know, and uh, just didn't feel like I was a part of it. And so I walked away and, you know, that's when I actually started to introduce a little bit of alcohol, but as I got into college, I got more. And uh, college didn't work out, uh, obviously, but um, I stayed connected in prayer and I, and I tried to stay connected with the Holy Spirit. But honestly, I thought God had dealt me a bad hand. And I, I would plead and, and, and uh, pray and mm. cry and beg. And, and uh, you know, I really felt that I had been dealt a hand that you know, wasn't fair. Yeah. But, um, I, by the way, I feel like I just read a psalm from you. 
you know, when you look at the Psalms, it's crying and pleading and begging sure. and asking. Yeah. So thanks for that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just your real heart to God. Yeah. Uh, father ended up dying when I was uh, 14 years old. So I, I actually took work and helped support the family while going to school and playing baseball and, and doing all these things. But, um, uh, you know, still connected in prayer, still connected in Holy Spirit, but felt like I'd been victimized in life, right? So fast forward to college. I didn't, go to, I didn't uh, do well in the first stint at college. Didn't know what I wanted to be when I grew up. Decided to work, uh, go to work in the state prison system. And uh, uh, I heard that Winslow was building a prison. Wow. Small town environment, you don't always see the possibilities okay. in your life, right. you know. And I'm starting to put weight on. I'm starting to smoke cigarettes more, drink, you know, more. But Not good. Which I fit in pretty well in, in that right. culture at that point in time of the, of the prison. So um, I hear Winslow's two years down the road, they're going to go to prison. So I'll go to Florence, the hardcore um, Supermax, well Death Row, get yeah. my experience, promote up over there. In small towns, you don't see what the opportunities are, so you feel like you do what you have to do. So you moved to Florence? I did. And you got in? Yes, yeah. And you went right to, did you go right to Supermax, kind of help? I went you? right to Death Row. That's crazy. I went beyond Supermax. Okay. I went to work on Death Row. I was strong. I was still lifting weights. You're so 19-ish, 20? 20. 20. Wow. Yeah. I mean, a little 19, but going yeah, into 20. Yeah. Uh, 12 week police academy basically is when that whole started. And uh, really, how it all worked, it was almost luck on some of the stuff. Like, I found a gun on its way to death row. And so I started getting all these like little, uh, little awards. And, you know, I mean, something just told me to look in that oh, you, uh, welder. You- you found a gun so as I began to work in Florence, I started to do pretty well with it. And being angry, a bit depressed, and strong, it was a good environment <laughs> for somebody like that. Harness that energy. Yeah. Well, wow. and I never uh, committed any brutality or any, anything like that, but I tell you what, it was good. It was, uh, it was good to be strong and a little bit angry yeah, <laughs> if you yeah, worked yeah. in that environment. Got to be tough. Some adrenaline. So, which, you know... Um, also being depressed as a male, you know, the, uh, and I'll tell you about my education here in a minute, but um, depression as a male often comes out as irritation. Females express it sometimes differently, but males, especially in my generation, will snap. and Anger. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, so, I mean, all that is perfect, right, for this scenario, be it worth in the prison. And, and you had to test to promote and, and have a certain... Uh, Evaluation, so I scored high evaluations, tested well, and managed to promote an up uh, to lieutenant before, like the, I, I did it at that point in time, the fastest in the state of Arizona. Uh-huh. And uh, that was kind of the pipeline too. Then going from the an officer to testing up, and you could kind of apply, or did people see that in you and kind of promote you up? Well, no, uh, you had to test on every every level, up. but you also had a certain level of. Uh, of uh, evaluation, so your evaluation and the test would be combined, yeah. and then you would go on a list of what where you scored. And I was pretty, I would score pretty high in sergeant, the other correctional officer, correctional officer two, and sergeant and lieutenant, and captain. What, so part of this this podcast is about leadership, and so what were what were some um, tips of leadership that you really uh, gathered there early on 
Um, what kind of tips would you tell people from that experience? Right. In Florence, it was different than Winslow. Florence, they're almost, I mean, you, you go to high school knowing you were wanting to go to work in the prison. It's really, you know, very, uh, you know, family. You see multi-generational uh, families working in the prison. But also, you get a lot of people that just need a job. So um, given that, most people I, I met didn't say, wow, when I grow up, I want to work in a prison when I grow up, you know. Most people do it for the benefits or the, um, you know, a little bit of income. It's kind of what you do. Right. It's town. a steady job. I mean, you really have to do something wrong to, to get fired almost. They need, they need people right. so bad. So what I, what I learned is I couldn't control in a government position what was paid or anything like that. So what I could control was how I said thank you and how I saw um, what they were doing good or what they were could improve upon. So it's always the way I perceived it. When I first started, it would be a little bit of irritation because sometimes you put your life on the line if you break a rule. So if you break this rule, you're putting my life on the line. But that didn't do that one very effective leadership. So um, learning how to communicate clearly, be, be present with yourself and not impulsive. Mm -hmm. But also um, knowing that, you know, there's not a soul that's perfect. So if um, you can see what they're doing right, thank them sincerely wow. for what they do do right. Wow. Every day they walked out of that prison, I thanked them sincerely from my heart. Thank you very much for what you did today. You're awesome. And they knew that. And, and um, I had uh, the highest retention rate in the state of Arizona mm -hmm. for several years. Because of Florence, just that. At Florence there? In Winslow. In Winslow then. Yeah. So um, God really put in me a heart for people that um, needed a word, an encouraging word. So all this started to evolve. So after Florence and, and Winslow ended, uh, how did it end? And then what did God lead you into next? Well, um, uh, got married young. Uh, Started to uh, really, it wasn't a, it, it was a terrible marriage, uh, to be honest. Uh, we, we both um, cheated on each other, drank too much. We were young and stupid mm -hmm. um, and uh, ended up separating. And she ended up getting cancer mm -hmm. and, and passing away. Um, and then my father passed away at 62. So I'm starting to look at all these people that I'm working with, that I, that I love, that I knew um, dying prematurely and, and living in ways that, you know, uh, the first wife's uh, death was, the doctor said, lifestyle-related. My father's death was definitely lifestyle-related. So if I live to the combination of, of the men on both sides of my family, two generations, I have about five years to go from now. So, so uh, you know... Um, at that time, I mean, a lot of weight and depression still. Right. Yeah, big, so, I'd, yeah. I'd, I'd, uh, so we're talking now probably uh, four, 14 years into working in the prison system. Okay. Uh, I'm 347 pounds at this point. Pack-a-day smoker, <laughs> several beer drinker, and, uh, you know, who else who knows else what I was doing at that time. But um, just so miserable. Mm -hmm. Super good at what I did. I gave it always my best effort, you know, uh, treated people well, and, and uh, 
but hated every moment of it. You know, ended up um, uh, just going into a deep, deep depression and, and staying in my car for a while, living in there. So you go from Lieutenant Kirby to staying in your car for a while just because you don't want to go over there, you know, these small little towns. Wow. So I worked my way up to Phoenix or down to Phoenix. And uh, uh, my uncle and my mother and uh, decided to go back to school in my mid-30s, or actually late 30s. Okay. You enjoyed school then, didn't you, as you got back into it? Yes, I was terrible at it. Terrible, initially. but yeah. I, uh, you grew I had to love to, it. So they tested me, right? They do this test thing where it sees what you're good at. And they said, I, because of my rule-based background, that I would be good at accounting. So, like, one semester, you know, credit, debit thing, I was great. Two semesters, it was terrible. Okay. But um, before that, though, I had to start in the zeros. I tested so lowly. I started in the zeros. Zero, math zero, uh, eight, two, and English zero, five, nine, something or something. And uh, uh, so I could get into class. So I went two years to Paradise Valley Community College, have to get in. Yeah, and barely, I mean, D's and C's, low, barely scraped by. But as I was doing there, um, this is something that I really was starting to open my eyes about. Wow, I have options. I can do a lot of different things with my life. That's a great place to be, isn't it? Yeah, and it's like, wow, I don't just have to work in the prison or here or there. Cool. I can do this or that. Um, so... Uh, I went just into business, global business. I love cultures. I love different types yeah. of people. I grew up around different uh, uh, types right. of diverse people. And, and uh, so I started international business with a, with a really human, uh, ma human resource management focus. Fantastic. Yeah. And um, did that for a while. Started actually opened a personal training business. I had lost 147, about 147 pounds. I went from 347, so um, sorry for getting no, no. confusing, but I went, quit the prison, um, decided to start, because I'd witnessed all these people die prematurely, started taking care of myself, and um, really loving the way I felt. My depression was going away. It was, I was feeling better about myself. I could talk in front of people, like, you know, you, you know. Confidence. Right. Yeah. I could learn. Yeah. So in high school, one of my teachers told me that I was the worst student she'd ever had. And I don't mean like behavioral. She, she said I was dumb. Oh, no. And, you know, I believe that. That's not, yeah. No so when you start to believe that you can, like, so I go to ASU and um, barely make it through PV. I get to ASU. I start studying real hard, studying real hard. Ended up graduating with honors yeah, from wow. ASU. Congratulations. Yeah. That's so awesome. Yeah. And then uh, uh, opening my exercise company. I love just as you're talking about discovering yeah. your purpose, that you went on this mission, not even knowing it necessarily at first, but to be from the bottom of the barrel of the pit you know, depressed. And it was really honestly a sad story, you know, mm. like, it was like, Oh, this is heavy. And then God, God in his mercy continued to pull you out of that. And you got to discover your purpose. And that moment where he said, like, I, the whole world's before me, you know, God gives me this freedom yes. to pray to him and seek him. 
and try different things. That's a beautiful, beautiful part of discovering your purpose. I just told you life is a divine adventure, and you said with capitals all the way through. It's been caps. Big caps for adventure, right? So the adventure continues. You want to bless. So as you were blessed, as God gave you hope and purpose and meaning, your gifting is starting to be more uh, more determined. And more revealed to me. Revealed, yeah. So I, I start... Going to places like doctor's offices and psychology, uh, psychologist's offices and saying, wow, this exercise is really helping me. It's really helping me feel better, do better with depression. Um, really, no one would listen. See, you know, they, yeah, we know, we know. So <laughs> I decided to basically go, go get my master's in counseling. Wow. So I went back and got my master's in counseling. Wow. And, uh, Where at? Uh, uh, ASU. ASU is right. And, uh, um, yeah, so became a counselor for a while, worked as a therapist, started really studying the effects of uh, exercise on different disorders and, and myself. And, and as I got my master's, I uh, uh, started teaching in different behavioral health agencies, medical agencies. I started getting listened to. Wow. And um, awesome. initially I wanted to train bodybuilders, athletes. But God kept putting people right mm. in front of me that, to barely move or really struggling or, you know, hey, you, you know, Co, I know you do great with addictions. Uh, you know, have this person here. So I kept trying the bodybuilders and they would get rid of me after, you know, a few weeks. But these other people kept coming and I could relate more to them than I really could the bodybuilders. <laughs> so that's a good point. <laughs> it's been amazing. I mean, what, what's occurred since you know as far as what's happened yeah so you move from uh, being developed to a developer of others so tell us about your your business and and uh, a lot of your your clients and and even some stories then of personal transformation yeah yeah thank you very much yeah, my, my business is Mir- miracles fitness i also own a, a, a behavior health company called phoenix strong uh, which publishes books and, and uh, uh, based on cognitive behavioral therapy and motivational interviewing to help people be healthy. But yes. um, Miracles Fitness is, uh, Miracles of Phoenix Fitness is, is the, my passion. It's my company that um, serves, I've, I, write, I have a lot of different types of people. I have teachers and doctors and CPAs. I have students and, and uh, people, you know, fresh out of rehab. Uh, it doesn't matter. I'll work with you no matter what. But um, the beautiful thing is, is what exercise does for us and the opportunity God gives us to make the decision and make the choice to use this wonderful kinetic machine yes, that we've been given in the most maximal way possible. So that's, that's where it's at now. And, and I have, I'm so blessed. It's, um, uh, you know, I do only in-home training now. Yeah, you used to have a studio. Uh, yeah. yeah. For, for, for 15 years, to, I had the Phoenix. there. You yeah, walked us out that one morning. The Phoenix Healthy Life Center. I had uh, a gym for 15 years, uh, two different places. But So, yeah, when you go into people's homes, you, can you describe the different types of people you're interacting with? I know you had before, it was like, like a, an influence um, as that counselor for life, and some people want to talk about more than physical things, and yeah. you're able to relate. So sure. Is it giving you a platform 100%. to talk about, you know, true meaning and purpose in Jesus? For, um, absolutely, mm-hmm. yes. So there's not one without the other. Mm-hmm. You know, um, Jesus has been so instrumental in my life. 
the Holy Spirit has guided me and directed me, and I bumped my head and bruised um, all the way through. But um, what I, you know, I work, I'm so blessed to work with so many people, and everyone I know, a lot of most everyone I know struggles with a little something, you know, um, depression or weight or um, relationships. So yeah. Exercise, because of what it does with the brain, and it opens up um, neurons and things, in, in the blood vessels in the brain. Um, it's a wonderful time to discuss things that are, uh, mm. that are safe to discuss. You uh, find people more open ha- yes. working out. Absolutely. It, it unlocks something here, yes. and here in the heart, yes. mind and heart, 100%. folks are more... And it's research-based. Yes, I mean, is. your brain becomes higher functioning during exercise and, and after exercise. Yeah, yeah. Counselor, yeah. come into the office, sit, talk. But right. no, let's go take a walk. Let's go run. Let's go do a circuit. Release. Let's bring up the heart rate a little bit and laugh. We laugh a little bit. So so we do everything we can to produce good things uh, physically, dopamine. Yeah, um, you feel good. Now Mm -hmm. I might actually talk about some issues and move forward. And then we ask how they're doing or whatever. But um, Hmm. uh, there's people in physical pain. There's people in emotional pain. There's people with trauma past. There's, I mean, there's all kinds of different things that... um, are served uh, w- w- during exercise through this, you know. Does exercise help build an immune functions? Absolutely. Yeah, there's a ton of data on that. In fact, uh, I'm so blessed to work with some of the top doctors around. I train them, actually. <laughs> but they share with me uh, their research. And um, recent study, there was, I think there was 100 people given exercise, People given a part of it, this is for the flu mm-hmm. uh, vaccine, and people not given anything, you know. The, so uh, just take the vaccine take and the a control vaccine, group, control so nothing, group. and then vaccine exercise. Yes. What happened? Exercise had higher immune function than the vaccine over, over 60 days. Wow. Yes. <laughs> Moderate intensity exercise. I mean, you don't have to go crazy. Multiple weight, yeah. yeah. Crazy eye weight. Yeah, and, and it doesn't end there. I mean, exercise benefits the brain. I have two clients, a nurse and a, and a CPA, that their eyes have improved. They're both 161, 157. You, th- you don't think about that. You think about the heart, weight loss, whatever. Uh, eyesight. Right. I have an 83-year-old that's 400% stronger. And, and as I tell you, you know, it's truly nothing I've did, done. Yeah. It's, it, you know, they all laugh at me. They all, they all, you know, say all these nice, wonderful things to me. But I haven't done one set for any of these people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just love that connection. Yeah, body, mind, soul, spirit. Yeah. And the immunity, immune system. You it know, is it's so supposed important. to function that way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, to not be sitting. And, you know, um, we've been sitting here for a couple hours actually filming. It's about time to go, no. <laughs> go get, get outside and get our walk on. Yeah. You know, it's incredible. Now, in this very space where we're recording, um, let's say a year and a half ago, you helped us at Chris Greenfield start a workout routine, uh, mostly for some older adults. And then you said uh, during COVID, as you had empowered people, that is still going on. Tell us more about that. Yeah, that, that was awesome. So um, I love helping people over 55, right? Um, it's so important to stay strong as we age. I mean, so much research says that it's not how far you can run. It truly is how strong you are, no matter if you're big, small, whatever. But yes, um, I taught a senior group 
here, uh, exercise and, and there's still uh, some weights right behind you over there. Right. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and moving in all directions. So it's important to stay strong and move in all directions. Strong muscles, long fascia, long and strong. Right. Yeah. Long so we strong. had uh, up to 15 people here at times uh, doing doing some amazing exercise all in a safe way, um, and uh, you know really really uh, talking and discussing and educating the importance of always doing this. This is Wednesday. Can you do it Saturday and Monday? But they have continued. I had to leave uh, with my own, with my work and everything, but I felt confident they were they were fine, and uh, they have continued. Yes. Over how many seven months later? I think it is now, yeah. right? So, most wonderful email the other day ever. They told me they were still continuing and staying strong, and man, God is good. It's amazing. Yep. So what are um, some of your dreams? Uh, you're a dreamer. God is God has hardwired you in a certain way to say there's there's more like God, you've put a lot in me and I just want to pour my life out on behalf of other people. So what's what are some of the next dreams for Co-Kirby? Um, my dream always is to serve God and my fellow human is the best I can in every way love possible, God, whether it's my wife who's first uh, as a human um, uh, or the church or uh, I volunteer in uh, low-income places and whatnot, wherever that is. But through all that I can, through writing, through e exercise, through this, whatever, as much as I can to serve, um, help people uh, know the importance of uh, staying strong and exercise, yes, yes. for sure. You think you'll be doing this then for a long time, next decade or so? More? Oh, I'm, I'm doing this till I, till I can't awesome. do this. That's awesome. <laughs> At this point in time, God has just given me a mission. Man, it's never and too late to discover your purpose and go on that mission. Just to simply ask God, like, man, I, I'm in a rut. I don't think this is the right job and calling. Uh -huh. And um, he's going to reveal it to you through people, through stories, through education, through your past experiences to now benefit. I mean, I see you back on that reservation. You know, this is a reservation of sorts working with people that as a child, you were really one of them that needed those mm. two people. You mentioned those mentors to speak into you and they did. And now you're the mentor to many others. Um, if you're a leader um, out there, uh, just encouragement as we heard his story to uh, care about your team in the physicality, you know, encourage them to work out, you know, spend that time. If you have influence too, that they could work out on the dime of the company, sure. you know, to, to be healthier. Um, that's going to produce dividends so that they're healthier, their mind is, is focused, and they're able to go forward. If you're a pastor, you might want to create a health and wellness team. Um, we did that years ago, and Kirby is on it. Kirby, sorry. Um, I have another friend that's all you on co-Kirby. All the way. That's yeah. all you uh, That co would be a, a part of that, too. You know, So who are the people in your church that are like, dude, I eat, sleep, and breathe this kind of stuff? Yeah. We can help people be healthier and then connect to the spiritual at the same time. That's one of the main reasons lead time exists is to care for the whole person. Like Pastors don't just have to talk about theology. Like We can talk about heart, body, mind, spirit, you know, and, and we can learn from those who, who are giving us great wisdom. First article realities this is how has God hardwired us as creatures in his creation? And we are fearfully and wonderfully made. The apostle Paul says that physical training is of some value. Yeah, yeah. It is of some value. And in that culture, I mean, they were moving way more than we're moving. And he's still calling it out in the Holy Scriptures. Right. Physical training is of some value. And so we oftentimes just think we compartmentalize 
are ourselves, heart, and, and kind of my, my passion, but we are so interconnected. This whole journey is interconnected. And if you will just, by the power of the Spirit, invite the Holy Spirit to say, help me set a rhythm of moving every single day. And when you move, your mind comes alive, the passions come alive, uh, the heart is full. You wanna talk about soul care for yourself right now? Move. When you move, that, that cares for your soul. When we were at your, your studio, gosh, maybe three years ago or so, uh, we laughed. And you had us doing things that we wouldn't do on our own. You right. know what I'm saying? It was mm -hmm. a joy-filled experience. And we also sweated. We got after it. Right. It was a lot of fun. And you're yeah. giving that gift to so many people, Co. I'm so thankful for you, bro. Thank you. And, and, and you guys really set the example as well. Without what you have promoted, you've made it uh, um, normal to, to be connected with spirit, body, mind. You've made it a part of church. You've made it, uh, uh, you live it yourselves. And, and it's been my honor to, to be a part of that. <laughs> I, met, sure. I met with you a couple days ago as we put this together. And he said, like, every morning... I'm doing my planks, and I'm thinking of Pastor Tim. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I said, bro, planks, baby. you got to be thinking of me now. Too. Yeah, I'm planking right. about that right. as well. So, can, yeah, can we yeah. end with like a, another tip? You know, like if, if people are out there all ages, you know, and, and you've given some so far, like what's one more daily routine type tip that we could instantly put into practice today, tomorrow? Yeah. A couple of them real quick. First thing is don't overthink. Get up and just do it. So, you know, my thing <laughs> cool. is like a lot of people will get uh, spend 10 minutes trying to get out of bed or whatever, <laughs> you know, talking themselves out of it yeah, or yeah, into yeah. it or whatever. <laughs> Come on. Just go for it. Yeah. And it really doesn't have to be crazy. The the, the research is clear. You just move in directions, you know, do a push-up <laughs> on the counter, uh, lift a leg, holding on to something. It doesn't have to be, um, you know, a, a super fit program. Just yeah. move and then yeah. evolve. We think it has to be so big. Usually they don't even accomplish that. It's too overwhelming. People think the personal training and, and uh, fitness and this and that, and they and get scared often, if they, especially if they weren't raised as athletes. So um, as much as it is important to move, it's important to move um, and and uh, gain you know the ability to move. Amen. How do you talk to, to clients who have this aversion. Yeah, they didn't grow up as athletes. I know a lot of your clients are, are there and, and they really resist pain and they feel like, man, if I move in, I, I just can't work through the pain. On the other side of pain is pleasure, right? But they just want, they just want, we've been trained, our brains have been trained to only go after pleasure. So how do you talk about the pain pleasure paradigm? Sure. Um, start out. So, uh, especially if someone is larger, if they're struggling, uh, with obesity sure. or, or been big for a long time, um, they're going to experience more pain. So the kid that was bigger than I was running, it hurt. It hurt him more. And the way the brain, um, so the body's inflamed when we're bigger. Um, the body's inflamed. So the area of the brain responsible for pain management is actually on high alert mm. and much more sensitive than someone that is not as big. So you know that going in. So you start out. Uh, and develop an exercise tolerance. You, you underdo. You do things that are achievable. I see so many trainers bringing clients into the gym and have them standing on one leg with a stick. And, and, and I can't do that Way stuff. Way too much. Right, right, right. Do stuff that they can do. Yeah. Make them feel comfortable. Yeah. Make them laugh. Small, short wins. Care for them, you know, and, and that's the way I do it. You, you, do, you do exercise. And, well, that wasn't hard at all. Well, yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. And then it. you and then you, you, you increase over time. You develop the exercise tolerance, the brain reaction to pain, mm. and um, long term thing. People keep smiling. That's awesome, so. man. We smile when we uh, talk to you, yeah, right. when we work out with you. You're in your sweet spot of life. Um, God bless you and your family. And uh, thank you for affecting so many leaders around this valley that will make this community better. And uh, it's it's more than a smile. One time, you know, we we see your heart and we know your story. And so um, God bless you as you continue to empower people to live their best life here and also for eternity. You are brilliant. God has given you an amazing mind, and it it I'm gonna say it. It ticks me off when people set limits on what, it ticks me off when teachers and those that influence others set limits on what a human being can do. Because you are, you are limitless because the Holy Spirit lives within you and you are blessing people in beautiful ways, bro. Yeah. I'm better I, for knowing I'm, you. I'm astounded at, at the way God has blessed me. You know, I mean, all the experiences, all the traumas, all the told that you can't mm. has, has made me uh, so resilient and so strong and, and, uh, and really a heart for people that are told they can't or uh, and people that yeah. struggle. So We talk about big why on here, you know, Simon Sinek's book, Start With Why, and you just beautiful, beautifully articulated your why, you know, mm-hmm. um, that you, you care about people and that you don't want them to feel like, like you did back then. And they have this potential. It's amazing. All right. To close, COVID-19 has been around for, for six months now. People are walking around in fear. The perfect love of Jesus casts out fear. Get out of your fear box by moving, by rejoicing in who Jesus says you are. Your identity is clear. And then go on mission to just bless other people. Serve. As he's lighting up passions, do it. Like, do not wait. Do not create excuses. Just do it. What God is putting right in front of you, get after it. And if everybody lived a life like you're living right now, through the adversity, man, the world, the church would be so on fire. I see it, and we just want to see it more and more and more and more. So thank you for modeling for that for us today, Co. We're going to have you on again, bro. You bring so much light thank and you. love. We're going to get into more of the nitty-gritty. You know we love talking about health and yeah. wellness, even more of the, the nitty-gritty between mind and movement and such. So sharing is caring. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Uh, get the word out. Maybe to someone who's discouraged. It just needs a message of hope and perseverance. That's what we found today uh, with you, Co. Kirby. What, you have a website? Uh, no website right now. But an now, email so. address? Could they email you? Yeah, yes. Do you take clients right now? Miracles of Phoenix Fitness. I have a couple of openings. I yeah, actually sure. took tight, down my tight. website because I, you know, too much, yeah. was, was growing What's so the email much. address, though, if they want to reach out? Miraclesfitness at gmail.com. Great. Or Miracle, Miracles Fitness, Miracles of Phoenix Fitness on Facebook. Cool. Hit them up. Sharing is caring. Peace. Have a great day. Love you guys, and we'll see you soon. Peace. You have been listening to Lead Time with Tim and Jake. Please subscribe at cglchurch.org slash lead time. Thanks for listening. Tune in next Friday for another episode.